this morning, this evening, I want to uh, cover Ephesians chapter 3 with you. Uh, let's invite the speaker, uh, our counselor, our wonderful counselor, our tutor in the faith, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us this evening. All right. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit whom you promised, delivered, and who reminds us of the things that you have taught us. Father in heaven, I come humbly to you this evening, asking you for so many things. For every area of our life, for the many around us, for the overwhelming needs of people around us. We come seeking from you help and guidance and provision for everything in our life and for everyone that we know. It's overwhelming, Lord. We do not have the wherewithal to help everybody. We have the desire, but we don't have the wherewithal. And we do have this one thing, that in the name of Jesus, we can approach the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We do have this one thing, that we can unite our hearts. This is what the church is about. This is what the church is about. The church is the stairway between the physical, the, the painful, uh, groaning creation part of our reality. A stairway between that realm and the spiritual realm of victory, of peace, of joy, of the presence of God. We are the we have this double citizenship and we have this double access and lord we want to we want to monopolize on that so we come boldly as the scripture says we come asking as the scripture says we come in the name of jesus as the scripture says and we ask lord jesus that those who are without uh, finance and and resources especially those facing operations and medical circumstances and and uh, educational circumstances, Lord, that their needs would be covered, their needs would be met. It's easier to throw money into a hat and just pass the hat around and, 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 and make ourselves feel a little lighter from the guilt. It's harder to get on our knees and watch God open the windows of heaven and fully and plentifully supply every need. But we have been called to such a task. We have been called to show faith where people think money is the solution. We have been called to show faith where people think feelings and, and, and facts are the situation, are the, are, the, are the answers. Lord, we've been called to stand. We've been called to believe and trust for others. The work of the church is to carry others by faith. Lord God, would you help us process, 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 think, 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 what is the what is the need uh, that that we have been called to meet? Who is our audience? What is the primary purpose of the church? What purpose do we serve here on earth? And how do we go about doing that? What is What does it look like? What does success look like? Father God, Father God, we don't know the answers to this necessarily, but we seek you, especially in a time like this, especially in these last days. The pandemic re reminding us that we are in the last days and that Christ is coming soon. Therefore, what manner of life ought we to live? So, Father God, speak to us through this passage and help us think 
think as a church, think as the body of Christ. Help us to think through who we are, where is our power, what is our purpose, and what is it? What does success look like? Guide our thoughts. Don't let me waste anybody's time, Lord. So you speak through me. Spare, spare people my opinion, Lord. Speak through me, Lord, so your wisdom and your understanding and your word is heard straight from you in your voice, from your heart. You have always done that. You have always been faithful. You always kept your promise. Lord, would you do that in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 is what I'm looking at. And I often ask uh, if you could have it um, printed out like this. This is what I do. I don't know if you're getting a mirror image here. But if you uh, have it in double space and allow for all this kind of scratching and noting. So when I say circle it, I look. it looks like this. When I say, you know, note this or connect it, you know, it looks like this. So you can, so this is what I mean. So um, it's best to have Bible study notes such like, like that so that we could actually uh, make, uh, pull the scriptures apart. I wanted to start with three questions. What do we pray for? What should the church primarily be praying for? Question number two is, who is our primary audience? Who does the church entertain? Who's the church for? Who's looking at the church? Who is... Uh, you know, once you understand who is your audience, you live for that audience, you'll put makeup for that audience, you know, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll prepare, you'll dress for that audience, you'll appeal to that audience. That, that's what I mean. I mean, if you, if you belong uh, to one woman, for instance, you're not going to try and impress another one. You're going to you're going to understand how that person perceives you and you're going to live for that. The same difference I try to make a parallel letter make between the world and the spirit realm, the world and the spirit, the spiritual uh, reality. And if the church has been called to be a spiritual reality, why are we so hung up on trying to impress the world, feed the world, communicate with the world, look like the world, connect with the world? It, it, it really rattles my brain to think that maybe, 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 maybe uh, they are not our audience at all. The world is not our audience. And if the world is not our audience, all our social media needs to be rethunk. Rethunk? Yeah. Go, let's go with that. Rethunk. All our, 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 our uh, appeals, all our, you know, connections. So we need to rethink that. Yeah. What do we pray for? So, so, so once we understand that, what should the church be praying for? Many of you have started groups this past week, and you've been praying primarily. Who, what are we praying for? That God will answer the kind of prayer that God will answer. Who is the primary audience of our church? Who's looking at us? Who's watching us? And who are we ministering to? Or, or rather, what is our primary purpose that we serve? Why are we here? What, what, what are we doing? Okay, let's go back. Chapter 2 was all about how the Lord Jesus had done uh, in the Jew and in you the resurrection and the unification of, uh, of all of us in one body. 
So once we understood what God has done in Christ, then he said what he's done in you. And when he says you, he's talking about a plural you, that is Jew and Gentile. You are now both one. So Jew and Gentile have been made one. Christ has made peace. And now as we come together, we are a new entity. We are a new uh, identity and we and we we grow together and we are the church. We are the church. So that's what God has done in you. So chapter one, what God has done in Christ. Chapter two, what God has done in you. Now chapter three, what God is doing in the church. What is he doing through the church? So uh, let's begin with verse one and I'm going to tackle almost the entire chapter if I can do and the time is now eight. 13, 8, 15 almost. For this reason, there are two times when he pulls up this word, uh, this phrase, for this reason. He does it in verse 1, and then he does it in verse 14 again. Uh, for this reason, for this reason, for this reason, because of what God has done in Christ, because of what God has done in you, because he has brought this reality about, here's what we need to understand Paul is saying. I, Paul, obviously, Obviously, that's authorship, but he's going back to something deeper in terms of his ministry. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner, circle prisoner of Christ Jesus. Jesus hasn't taken any prisoners. Jesus hasn't taken anybody captive. So, Paul, how are you a prisoner of Christ Jesus? It's worth thinking about. I, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles... So Paul was an apostle called to the Gentiles. Peter was an apostle called to the Jews. They both were bringing these two these two uh, mighty uh, schools of thought and, and and communities and belief systems together under one uh, into one church. So he uses the word prisoner. He uses the word on behalf of the Gentiles. Verse two, he says, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, assuming that you have heard. I don't assume that you heard about me because this is not about me. Assuming you've heard the stewardship of the of God's grace that was given to me for you. See, when you have a clear understanding of ministry, when you have a clear understanding of your calling and commission, your focus is always the grace given to me and the audience given to me. Who is my audience? The reason I'm sitting here talking to you and not wasting uh, this time and opportunity is because I recognize... It's not just about me studying the word. It's about you and me studying the word. It's about me uh, implementing the grace that has been given to me to give to you using a different meaning of the word grace that he's going to uh, is going to keep repeating here in this chapter. It's the it's the enabling that uh, that is given when a commission is given. So when God commissions you or gives you a mandate in order to complete the mandate, execute the mandate, he gives you an enabling, a grace enabling, a calling that is so weighty, a calling that is so weighty, so where bears weight on your heart that all the all the circumstances, all the criticism, all the opposition, all the jokes, all the ridicule cannot stop you from just getting the job done. You get knocked down, you get up, you move. People support you, great. People don't support you, you go ahead. That's a grace enabling. Stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Verse 3. How, and he introduces a new word here, the mystery was made known, he says, to me. So there was an eye-opening about what 
the Gentiles will be in this new in this new temple or this new Jerusalem or this new uh, understanding of the Jew? How will the Gentiles be brought and grafted in? These are the words used in scripture. How will they be brought into all that God has been doing through the Jewish nation and through the Jews and, uh, and uh, going all the way back to Abraham? How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, not by reason, not by research, but by revelation, as I have written briefly. Okay, that is chapter one and chapter two. He's explained that. Verse four, when you read this, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. So when you, when you get this, you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. Okay, box as it, as it has. Okay, it has not been made known to the sons of men in other generation as it has now been revealed. So was it made known in bits? Yes. Was there hints of it? Yes. Uh, in the prophets, yes. In the Old Testament, yes. Uh, but now it has been made known in a very clear way as to what God is doing in the church. Because time, because of this time lapse from the way from Adam through down to uh, Job, through down to to uh, let's say let's say David, and then down through to the prophets. Uh, right through the prophets, and then of course the New Testament, the whole, the whole, um, the 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 building of the of the temple, everything, everything that was done through all of that, everything was moving to a particular end. God was going to do something particular at the end that was going to blow the minds of the spirit world. It was going to blow the minds of the angels, the principalities and powers in the in the heavenlies. It was going to put on display something magnificent in the heavens that you and I know nothing about. But apparently, we are a pearl in the crown. We are a jewel in the crown, apparently. I got ahead of the story. Let's go back. You can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in the generations past, but has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the capital S spirit. What is that? What is that mystery? Verse six, this mystery is, there you go. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. That means members of the same body and partakers of the same promise. What does it mean to be fellow heirs? Members of the same body, underlined. Partakers of the same promise, underlined. In Christ Jesus, through the gospel. In Christ Jesus. So it is positional and it is through the gospel. That is the grace by faith alone. Grace by faith alone. That's the, that's the gospel. Okay. Of this gospel, verse 7. I was made a minister. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me. So we're stepping back into Paul's personal story here. Of this gospel, I was made a minister, Paul says, according to, underline the gift, according to the gift of God's grace. So there is this gift that God gives to certain apostles, prophets, leaders, pastors, etc., wherein that gift makes the person who has received a gift himself a gift to the church. He becomes something of, 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 of a service to the church. So he says, to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me 
and how was it given to me what did it involve underlined by the working of his circle power by the working of his power so paul is explaining that he didn't just randomly pick me off the street god has been at work in my personal life by with with his great power with his great power his power has been at work in my life remember the questions i ask you what should we be praying for for the church what should we be praying for for believers what should we be who should we be living for or who's our audience okay which was given to me by the working of his power paul what happened what did what 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 what, what did god do in your life to me to me though i am the very least of all the saints so he puts himself in a position of saint because he didn't become a saint god has given him sainthood by bring by sanctifying him and placing him in christ so he understands that sainthood is 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 positional but in order of the people there within the saints he puts himself as lowest because he feels absolutely inadequate and unqualified to be here verse 8 to me though i am the very least of all the saints this grace okay underline this grace circle it and connect it to the gift on top there in verse 7 the gift underline circle it connected to this grace this grace was given to me least of all the saints it was given to me why why does god give such giftedness to the lowest most undeserving most unexpected failures of this world the downtrodden the absolute some the, the, the absolute scum of the earth why does god pick them up and give and use them good question i'll tell you one thing it's not for anything to do with them not don't even say don't, don't say attitude don't say because of their humility don't say it's it's nothing it's there, there is there is a certain thing that god just chooses i think he just chooses to show his sovereignty he chooses to show his might and power he says i can do the greatest with the least i can do the greatest with the least i can take the nothing and i can make it something and i can show from this church a bunch of a band of 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 you know mis misfits coming from all sorts of messed up backgrounds i can put jew and gentile together i can put men and women together i can put broken people together and i can make a jewel i can make a, a, a magnificent masterpiece for the world's beyond to see god is at work putting on display something that is far beyond our little game we call church which was given me by the working of his power to me though i am the very least of all these saints this grace was given to do what to preach to the gentiles underline that to preach to the gentiles verse 8 what what should i preach to the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ that is the content of the pulpit in a good church that is the content of the pulpit in a good church 
We don't talk about the people. We talk about Christ. We don't talk about what they have and what they are good at and what, what they're capable of. We talk about what Jesus is and the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And to bring to light, that means it was hidden, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery, this comes up again, hidden for ages in God. So one is, what do we preach here? We preach the unreachable, unsearchable riches of Christ, number one. Number two, we expose this little, this little mystery that was in the heart of God the Father from the time of creation, who created all things, from the time of creation. So if God has had it in his heart to make something of you. No, 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 not in this earth, not here, not in your career, not in your life, not in your name, but he is doing something through the church in heaven. I hope you got that. He's doing something through the church, but in heaven. I hope you got that right. He's doing something through the church and in the church, but in heaven. How? The church is on earth, but the church is in Jesus, in heaven. The church is on earth, still walking the earth still flesh and blood, still weak, still broken, still bringing the lost and the hungry back to Christ. But we are in Jesus being a display for the spirit realm, for the principalities and powers to see what God does with weakness, what God does with foolishness, what God does with brokenness, what God does with his power. His power is at work. So that's something that Christ, God had in his heart, and we expose that in our preaching. Exposed meaning we, 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 ex, you know, we bring it out and we put it on display so that, verse 10, look at that, so that, look at that, so that through the church, through the church, underline, through the church, okay, so that through the church, what? The manifold wisdom of God, the many faceted, the many faced, the many angled, the unreachable, unsearchable wisdom of God might now, circle now, now be made known to whom? To your friends and relatives and loved ones and, you know, philanthropy. No, to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places. There you go. Let's do that again. Verse 10. Hang on. Let's do that again, verse 10. So that, what? Through the church, what? The manifold wisdom of God. My gosh, you look at the churches today, you don't see any wisdom of God. You see the wisdom of man, you see the creativity of man, you see the diversity of man, you see the, 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 the divisiveness of man, you see the talent of man, you see the opinions of man, you see the miracles and the abilities of man, you see... Everything that is that is human, you see so much that is just in the flesh that's pulled off in the flesh. I'm going to plant a church. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and 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 there is this there is this game that a church has become. Whereas over here, it's in the heart of God. Church is in the heart of God. It's not in a building. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God Himself. God has chosen this, not the stars, not the galaxies, not the process of photosynthesis and the and the uniting of a, 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 and the explosion of atoms, not the growth of molecules and and and, and life from from a single cell. 
of all the magnificent ways God could put his wisdom on display. He chooses you and me. So it's not about you and me. It's not even, the camera's not on you and me. There is something we need to understand here. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, give me an understanding. What is church? What are you doing, Lord? And what do I need to do to make you look good? What do we as a church need to do to make you look good? To the rulers, point to that. Put a, put a, put a, uh, uh, an arrow at rulers. Put an arrow at authorities. To the rulers and authorities in heavenly place. Ask the question, who is our audience? Who is our audience? Our audience is unseen. We don't know who they are. So we can't possibly put on a show for that for that audience. I mean, how do you put on a show for the rulers and authorities in heavenly places? Who are they? Who's looking? What is what is God showing them through us? Yes, I know the manifold wisdom of God, but how, how do I do that? Good question. Verse 11. This was according to the eternal purpose. I asked, what is the purpose we serve? This was according to the eternal purpose that he was that he has realized, he has made real in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ Jesus. In whom, that is in Christ, in whom we have boldness, circle boldness. We have access with confidence, circle access with confidence. What do we have in Christ? We have boldness and we have access with confidence through faith in him, through our faith in him. So, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, for which is your glory. I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering. So Paul's talking to the to the Ephesian church. He says, "Don't, don't, don't, don't worry about what you're going through, what I am going through. This poverty, that pain, this sickness. This is not where God is showing His power." Hmm. Hmm. That just shuts down a bunch of churches and TV shows. This is not where God is showing his power. God is showing his power and he's putting us on display in heaven. The church is shining in heaven. In fact, if the church got no one's attention on earth, it will still shine in heaven. God is not putting the church on display on earth. We are not here for anybody else. We are here for Jesus. We are here to serve a spiritual purpose in heavenly places. Wait, don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. And don't completely disregard all the other things that you, hold, that you hold dear just because I'm questioning fundamentals of our definition of church here. Okay, so let's go back to this. In whom we have boldness in Jesus' access, confidence through faith in him. So I ask you, don't get worried about what you're going through and what church looks like and how escape, uh, persecution is happening and why this one, this church is closed and that why that pastor is put into. Don't worry about all of that. God knows what he's doing. God is working. God is still going to succeed. So what then should be our focus? Who should we serve? Who is our audience? And what should we pray for? How, how do we make us a success? What do we do to cooperate with God to make the church a success? Verse 14. For this reason. For this reason. For this reason. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Father, that is the God in verse 10, in whom, verse 9, in whom from the creation this hidden agenda has been. 
I am praying to the God who has this hidden agenda in his heart and from ages past has desired this. I kneel my knees before this father, this God. First time he says God, second time he says Father. Beautiful. For this reason I bow my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth, in heaven, on earth, not in earth, in heaven, on earth is named. Okay? So when he uses the word every family in heaven and on earth, he is now pulling together a community that is both physical and spiritual, cultural and ethnic, regional and global. From every family in heaven and on earth, we are all being brought together with under one name. On earth is named. Verse 15. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you. You know what a grant is. He may grant you. Circle you. Circle you. He may grant you to be number one. Market number one. Strengthened with power. Why power, Paul? Why power? Okay, go back to verse 7. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. So when God gifts uh, enablement and, and, and ability to pull off a ministry, to pull off a, a leadership or whatever, he when he gives something to, to a believer, he his power has already been at work in the believer's life to pull that believer together, to strengthen him, to give him a clarity of purpose and, and vision and, and, and obedience. So this power, which which worked in Paul, is the same power we are now praying for, for it to work in you. So Paul says, I bow my knee from every, uh, every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, according to that stand, he may grant you, number one, strength, with power strength with power that means empowered for a spiritual commission such a far cry from our usual oh we must all serve jesus we we must all religion true religion is to serve the poor and to look after the hungry don't hear what i'm not saying please by all means those are things you do but if that's all you do you've missed the main agenda of what church is all about church is primarily for a spiritual audience that we cannot see. They are in heaven. They are rulers. They are, they are authorities in heavenly places. Strengthened with power. So we are going to be given power, not physical, but a spiritual power. So you have a spiritual audience, you have a spiritual agenda, and you have a spiritual power to accomplish that agenda through, underline, through his capital S spirit. Where? In your inner being. Underline. In your inner being. In your spirit. So this body. Oh, this body is just there. Try workout. Try eat right. Do some intermittent fasting. Keep, keep well. By all means. The Lord bless you. Keep well. But your spirit has to take on the commission of God. And the power of God has to be at work in your spirit. And your, the power of God is going to enable you and strengthen you in the inner man. You are going to have a 
spiritual spine, a spiritual heart, a spiritual kidney, a spirit. You get what I'm saying? You're going, your, your spirit is going to be strengthened by the power that comes from his spirit. Number one, strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. All of this is by faith. You don't feel it. You don't feel it. You don't feel it. You don't feel it. Churches, you don't feel it. Pastors today, you don't feel it. Worship leader, sorry, brother, you don't feel it. The presence of God, the power of God is not something you're going to feel because your five foot five, six foot body is not part of God's agenda. Your gatherings, your, 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 your activities and your, your pseudo worship experiences and pseudo ministry experiences and all of these things that have come to They've become the church game we play is a far cry from what this chapter says. It says, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you what strength to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. We're talking about a depth of strength in the inner soul, in the inner man and where the part of me that's going to go to heaven <clears throat> so that that person in me, the real me might accomplish on earth the purposes of God. That person in me may accomplishes the purpose, may accomplish the purposes of God. He, he didn't watch the way the believers talk. No, I'm so shy, you know. No, I'm I can't do. No, I'm not good enough. No, I don't have the. No, yeah, you don't. You don't. No, no, you don't. Nobody said you did. Nobody claims it. No, it's not necessary. Your body is the is 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 a jar of clay that is housing the spirit. The inner being. And this inner being needs to be strengthened with all power. Strengthened with all power. What do you pray for, for believers? What do you pray for, for believers? Well, Paul says, I pray that God may grant you strength with power. Strengthened with power. Through his spirit in the inner man. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. As your faith increases, as your faith grows, Christ takes over part and part room by room, strength by strength, muscle after muscle. He takes over your life and begins to work powerfully, work mightily through your life as you serve here on earth so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you, so you, you I told you to circle that he may grant you, right? I circle, circle you, then come down to that you again. Connect those two yous because he's talking about you here, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Okay, so in your hearts, Christ is ruling. Why? Because your inner man is strengthened by God. And as Christ rules in your inner heart through faith, you are rooted and grounded in his love. That's That has to do with foundation. That has to do with foundation. When we say rooted, we mean that's where our nourishment is coming from. That's where we get our strength and wisdom and understanding. It doesn't come from fellowship. You know that? It comes from Christ. It comes from Christ. And when, when our roots go deep into Christ, then we enjoy the company of other believers. We enjoy the company of other believers. Uh, in this entire process of trying to move people to prayer, I've come across people who, who are just busy. No time to pray. Their schedules don't have that margin. I mean, it means that, you know, they were not already praying. It means that there was not already that, that seasons or times that were taken out for prayer, uh, taken out with an understanding that we are primarily spiritual beings. And the air 
a spiritual being breathes is prayer. The air a spiritual being breathes is prayer. The way you receive strength, you grow, you nourish, is through the word coming in and you exhale through prayer. The word is your inhalation and prayer is your exhale. How does a believer not understand that? How can you call yourself a believer if you don't understand that? How were you... How did you think you were a believer all this time if you didn't understand that? That means the, the it, it has been entertaining for me this past uh, week how just pulling together 10 minutes, pulling together four or five people to pray together for 10 minutes is an event. They're struggling to schedule it. Schedule what? A Zoom meeting or a, or a conference. Why? Isn't that what they're doing the whole week with everybody else already? Yeah, it's what they're already doing. But for prayer, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It is not already there. It is not already there. If you said to me, uh, Pastor Jerry, can you take out uh, uh, one hour to play, play golf? I'm like, yeah, I, I, I already play golf five, hour, five hours a week. Okay. So out of the five hours a week, playing one hour, one, one hour of that five hours to play golf with you, it's not a problem. It's not a, you see what I'm saying? It's not a challenge because I was already playing golf for five hours. So if you were not already praying and this is a new thing, this is, it shows that this, we are just starting. Oh, Jesus. We're just starting. For many believers, we're just starting to move into the spirit realm, into the, into the unseen and not in the, in this, you know, Pentecostal way of thinking where you 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 know you uh, where it's it's a magic show and it's a movement and it's it's all sorts of breakthroughs and all that it's not about you it's not about the church god is doing something that is blowing the minds of those in heaven rulers and authorities you and i need to be strengthened with power in the inner man that means we can take a hit and keep coming back for more you and I need to have Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. It means only one ruler, only one agenda, only one allegiance. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. That means our foundation is in the atoning work of Christ. That's the love of God. The atoning work of Christ. That's the love of God. The love of God is what Christ has done for us. So it is the has done foundation for us. And we are rooted. That means the winds can blow and you will not be blown over. People can uproot you and your faith will not be shaken. You can you can face a storm. And I'm not talking about the pan, you know, the the pseudo ways of of, of getting through life and you know this this thing about God gives us strength, and He has called us to victory to to get through life. Come on, yeah, come on, come on, wake up! He, God has not done; He's not given us all these spiritual blessings to get through life. You can do that on your own. Everybody else is. He's given you all this for a much greater purpose, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Okay, so two things, and that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses all. Two things we need to, to in order to cooperate with what God is doing. Number one, we need to comprehend the love of God 
And number two, we need to know the love of Christ. We need to comprehend the dimensions of God's love. So you'll stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop feeling about how bad you are and how limited you are. You're not. You, you, you're, you're, you're lost in a, in, you're swimming in a, in a, in a, ocean of God's greatness and power. Let's stop, let's stop talking about you and let's start talking about the ocean. Comprehend the vastness, the length and breadth and depth and height, the, the, the dimensions. And number two, that you will know, know the love of God. That is what Christ has done in, uh, God has done in Christ through you. That surpasses knowledge. So you are comprehending and you are not, it's, it's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's something that you know in your heart, in your spirit. You know it's 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 a fact. It's a knowledge. It's it's a realist. It's it's an experience. It's a real. You know it by experience. Gnosko know to know by experience, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Why? 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 That you verse nineteen. That you may be filled. Underline filled with all. Underline all. The fullness, underline fullness of God. My gosh. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's pretty full. So if you, okay, I'll talk about me. If I am filled, if I am filled with the fullness of God, not just the fullness of God, but all the fullness of God, the manifested wisdom, fullness of God. My brother and sister, there is no place for Jeremy. There is no place for Jeremy. Not for his body, not for his looks, not for his wisdom, not for his talent, not for his, his efforts, not for his, 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 his whinging, whining, nothing. There is no place that you may know that if God fills you completely, then he's not talking about your physical life. He's talking about your spiritual ministry and presence on earth. Let me use that word, those words a couple more times so that I hope that it sinks in, but usually it takes a few years. Took years for me. Your spiritual ministry and presence on earth. My brother, my sister, once you grapple, once you get your mind wrapped around the fact that your body is a vehicle, a car you just got into, but your presence and your ministry on earth is something that you are doing on a global intergalactic level. That you are part of a fellowship of believers where God is putting us on display for not angels, but authorities and rulers in heavenly places. That's above angels to see. <laughs> it, it will completely re wire the way we think what church is all about. It will rewire what we pray for. It will rewire how we study the Bible. It will rewire how we treat and believe, uh, take time out for other believers. It will rewire how we how we see church activities or church-related activities. It will rewire how we see finances, especially church-related uh, or, or, or ministry-related. It will rewire the way we handle and waste time and energy on faltu, faltu relationships and criticisms and, and failures and falterings here on earth. The way we see our year uh, the way we see our efforts, the way we see our property, it will change everything once you realize you are on a mission and you have a spiritual ministry and a spiritual presence here on earth and your 
your feet are grounded in the love of god in heaven your heart is filled with the strength of god that is through the spirit of god and you are being enabled enabled you are being filled with the grace enabling to accomplish something that you don't know you're even doing in fact you're not doing it god's doing it in you so god did it in jesus you get the flow here chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 god is doing god did it god god did it in jesus god did it in you chapter 2 Jew and Gentile, whatever. And then God is doing it through the church. You are not doing the ministry. God is doing the ministry. So what do we have to do? We have to comprehend the love of God and know the love of God. Why? How does this help? How does this help? That's the question we have to ask. Okay, so that you may be filled to the fullness of God. That's the outcome. What do we pray for? We pray that God, that people might be uh, filled with the knowledge of God, filled with the with the with uh, with the with the fullness of God. We pray that that people in their inner man would don't don't even ask don't 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 ask people prayer requests. Start praying for people. Pray what Paul prayed. Pray what Paul prayed. I'm going to pray that for you right now in, in just a few minutes. Pray what Paul prayed, and you'll begin to see the problem with our prayer life is we've been praying for what people want. Let's start praying for what God wants. And then one of the most beautiful uh, benedictions, but the even more beautiful one is coming up on Sunday. But verse 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, far more than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. It is at work in Paul. It is at work in you through prayer. It's at work in us through the church. The power at work in us, within us, to him, to him, to him, now to him, to him, now to him, what, which him, what is he able to do, who is able to do far more abundantly on all that we ask or think, according to the power in the, in the power, in the, by, by what his power can accomplish, to him, that him, be glory, underline, glory, underline, glory in the church. Be glory in the church. Church is not a platform to glorify believers, talents, abilities, not even worship. It is to glorify Christ in the church. But not on earth, in heaven. There you go. There you go. There you go. Not on earth, in heaven. Christ is to be glorified in the church, in heaven. Heaven is the audience, not earth. The church is not being placed in, uh, on the earth to be to 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 win anybody, to 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 uh, to show off anything about Jesus, or to be anything to anybody. The church has been called out, ecclesia called out to be separate, not irrelevant, but to be separate, so that God can do something on earth that will show up in heaven. Do I understand this completely? No. Can I see it? No. I accept it by faith. And I understand that many of the games I'm playing that are churchy games are very fleshly for me, around me, and through me. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So there is something way beyond what we see. Two things and I close. There's something way beyond what I see, what we see. Number one, God is displaying his 
write this down if you can. God is displaying his wisdom, Christ's humility, and his power through the church to be seen in heavenly places. Complete the cycle. God is displaying his wisdom in the church, Christ's humility and incarnation in the church, and God's power in the church. And all of this is being seen and put on display in heavenly places, not in the flesh, not for us. It is in the spirit. It is through us. But we cannot see the audience. We cannot see the audience. It's like we're standing on stage and the spotlight is on us, but the entire audience is, is, is dark. Or in this case, so white we can't see it. So bright we can't see it. And we are on display for an audience we cannot see. And that's got to jog a few, that's got to shake a few fundamentals in our, in our, in our foundation. It's got to shake us to understand maybe we just didn't, there's something we're not getting here. B, A, God is displaying his wisdom, uh, Christ's humility and in God's power through the church in the heavens. B, the church fulfills this. The church fulfills this, cooperates and fulfills this by being all, by being filled with all the fullness of God. How? By being strengthened with power in the inner man. So we pray for that. We don't do it. We pray for it because God's doing it. Number two, by being rooted and grounded in love. We don't do it. God does it. We pray for it. Number three, Comprehending the dimensions of his love, agape love. We don't do it. God does it. We pray for it. The church fulfills this by being filled with the fullness of God for God to do three things that we pray for. The church exists to pray. The church's job is to pray. The church's job is to exhibit faith in prayer. The church's job is to spend time in prayer. The church's job is to find its knees, find themselves kneeling in prayer. And for centuries, for decades, we've been doing everything but prayer. Maybe it's just me, but this is what God is telling me. Remember, I'm just, I'm just rattling the foundation here. We're not we're not dis, uh, dismissing, you know, all the good things that the church is doing. Jesus walked the earth and he he did good for people. He had compassion. But a lot of it is he's like, I'm, I'm here anyway. I might as well heal them, if you know what I mean. But his primary goal was the atonement. His primary purpose was the atonement. He didn't come to heal people. He came to, to solve a, a, a problem that was in heaven. So the church exists to uh, to fulfill a purpose that's heavenly. Our Father God, our prayer is that you would change the perspective, the way we see ministry. Our prayer is that you would change the perspective and way we see ministry, Lord. We either do it in our own strength or we we don't bathe it in prayer or there is there's so much we do and a lot of our ministry most is not wrong it's just what you did on earth in the flesh with other people it's a ministry of compassion of caring of shepherding of uh, 
And Lord, none of that is wrong. It is just very earthy. But you are, Lord, opening our eyes to the purposes of the church that are heavenly. And if we are not praying this prayer that Paul prayed, because nobody understood this mystery better than Paul did, and if, if the result of his understanding this mystery was that he prayed for the strengthening of the inner man, he prayed for the strengthening of the inner man, then that's what we need to be praying for. That our prayer life would be an exhaling of what God has talked to us and that we would understand that the, that God is doing something through the church which is being displayed in heaven. So we really need to be on our knees in cooperation with God. God is waiting to show the extent that we will show the extent of our faith in order to show his power and God is waiting to be more visible than ever before. That's how we understand this, Lord. We understand it this way, that God is waiting for us to show the extent of our faith in order to show his power and God is waiting to be more visible than ever before. We are not the ones being put on display. God is, his wisdom is. And the audience for whom he is doing this is not even here on earth. So we just need to be acting in total faith. This whole ride is in faith. So we can only hope and pray that as the inner man is strengthened, and we will pray for each other for that, as we grow deeper in our roots in Christ, in the love of Christ, as we get a better comprehension of the dimensions of the love of God. All our psychological issues and everything else will be lost in the ocean of his love and his, his grace, his, his grace enabling his power. And we understand the words he uses being strengthened. Why do you need strength? Having access, why do you need access? Having boldness, why do you need boldness? Lord, as we look at these words, we get an understanding that we're not, we're not dealing with flesh and blood here we're stepping into a completely different realm. So what my prayer is as a pastor, Lord, is not that we stop doing what we're doing. We stop having compassion for those around us and stop having ministries that are that are caring, true religion, as the Bible tells us. Not that we stop that, but we definitely start and get deep into what we're really all about. And that is strengthening the faith and the inner man of every single person in our church, in our community in our influence. Colossians chapter 1 verse 30 to present every man mature that oh God is our prayer. Father I pray that this would be true of everyone listening to me oh God. There's 28 people with me this evening and others will watch later. This would be true of everyone listening to me right now. Lord I pray by then by the name you know them by I pray by the name you've called them by in the name of Jesus that they would be strengthened in the inner man. I pray a anointing of power from, 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 from God, from the God who has, has had this in his heart all along, that God would strengthen, that he would grant. Sign it, Lord, right now from heaven and send it. Sign that grant and send it, a grant of inner strength for the inner man. 
that they may comprehend the length and breadth and height and depth of the love of Jesus Christ. And, and having comprehended that they would know the love that is surpasses knowledge, that is beyond understanding. Lord, this is my prayer for every believer, every man, every woman, every child in our church, in our ministry. Lord, that our church would not be just, they, our members would not just cope with life. Oh God, oh God, Jesus, oh God, that they would not just cope with life. This issue, that issue, this problem, that problem, this feeling, that feeling. Oh, I condemn that in the name of Jesus. I condemn, I condemn that the, 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 the fleshly, um, um, what is that word that 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 we consume ourselves with? We, our occupations, our fleshly occupations, our emotional occupations. That our bodies would step aside. Our bodies would step aside, and let the spirit take it on, take a stand. Oh God, do a deep work in our church. Send revival, oh God, that we would be a spiritual being, a spiritual entity here on this earth, unstoppable by Satan. When we are unstoppable by Satan, all of these physicalities and physical oppositions and physical issues will not even be an issue. We'll be like Paul, we'll be like, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about my circumstances. You don't worry about this. This is turned out for the glory of God. That's how we will view our physical issues when we are spiritually focused, when we understand our spiritual, we have been put on display. The manifold wisdom of God is on display in our, what does that look like? What does that mean? But from our part, we will pray for every single person. Lord, would you ignite a spirit, a, a culture of prayer in our church? Lord, our groups are struggling Jesus, Lord Jesus, our groups are struggling to get 10 minutes together to pray. Hours with the family, hours on YouTube, hours scrolling through Facebook videos, hours on endless agenda-driven business meetings, teaching meetings, uh, webinars, seminars, hours on the very forum on which we are asking three, four, five people to stop and pray. Lord, is this not the work of Satan? Is this not the binding of the flesh? Release us in Jesus' name for prayer. Release us. Release our people to be free to pray, to have a desire to pray. Bring out the real ones of God. Show the difference between the men and the boys. Show the difference between the spiritual and the carnal. Lord, let your real church stand up. Will the real church please stand up? Will the real believer please stand up? Oh God, would you, would you bring us out of real lockdown, which we've been in all these years? Oh God, in Jesus' name, set your people free to worship you. Fulfill the desires of, the God, of, of God the Father's heart in, in, in Jesus being and residing in the hearts of every single one here, Lord, so that... Lord, we may be to the praise of your beautiful, glorious grace. Lord, may we understand what the church is called to be. May we stop be playing these physical games and step into the spiritual. Lord, may we be dedicated 
may we be sanctified, set apart for the spiritual. And Jesus, start with me. I'm useless. I'm lazy. I'm indisciplined. I can't get up in the morning and do what I want to do. I can't give my time to the things I want to give. I can't read the books I want to read. I can't focus on the things I really want to focus on. Whole day, I'm being, I'm being molested emotionally and mentally. My focus, everything is being, is just being used and abused by every distraction around me. And yet I'm, I claim to be a spiritual being. A spiritual being is not at the mercy of a physical body. A spiritual being lords over a physical body. Lord, that my, that my inner man would be strengthened. That your people would have a pastor that they deserve. Forgive my wickedness. Forgive my failings. Forgive my weaknesses. Forgive my, my, my lies. Forgive my tantrums. Forgive my, my excuses to myself. Forgive my failings. Forgive my, my procrastination. Oh God, do a deep work in my heart first. In Jesus, in Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. The name of his holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Lord, we pray for emotional stability. With so many things happening all around us. People are feeling lost and low. Pray for them, oh God. Pray that they will be lifted up. Lifted up by the Spirit of God. Been a shot of joy be, be, be given to them. Lord, I pray that you would lift them up. That they would lift their eyes and place it on you, Jesus. Thank you for this evening and for this beautiful time together. Thank you for the discipline of those who chose to join us and took a whole hour out of a weekday. May they truly be recharged, not just in, in emotions and in, in their minds, but in their spirits, in their spirits. I thank you all. I thank you so much for being with me this evening and for, for just enjoying the word, enjoying Ephesians. You know I love you. Not with Christ's love. He's just perfect. He's amazing. But in Christ's love, in Christ's love, I, I, I love you. And I praise God for you and I, and I, and I hurt for you and I, and I yearn for you. And it's the church. It's the church that God has called me to feel for the church, not for the world. God has called you to feel for the world. But God has called, he sets apart certain people, prophets, leaders, preachers, pastors, to, to feel the pain that he feels in his heart for his bride. And I pray for you. You pray for me. May the Lord bless you. I will see you Sunday morning. God bless.